0: Do you ever feel like life has got you snared and snagged up on the side of the river of your life and you don't know how to get out there in the flow again? Well, today's guest, Myrna Young, has a Rags to Riches story about how she has built her life according to her intention by transforming her mind, and you can do the same thing. Join us to find out more.
1: So You're invited, delighted to discover who you are Anything is possible if you believe To so Join us on this beautiful journey. So that to show Soul that to show
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that, which is bigger than us, the big mystery beyond the veil, our path to becoming more conscious, more relatable, really just better humans on the planet and starting to take care of our planet the way she deserves us to. And I'm your host Carrie Hummingbird. I' have a passion for helping people step into becoming earthkeepers, to really being the stewards of this beautiful planet the way we promised we would, and to awaken ourselves in whatever way works. And I bring guests on every single week to help you in that process to hear different stories and and this awakening process through different people's lenses and their own experiences in the hopes that you'll get some gold nuggets that you can bring home to yourself and bring into your life and take some more steps forward on your own epic journey of awakening. And today is no different. Today, we invite to the show Myrna Young. Welcome, Myrna.
1: Thank you, Carrie, for having me on the show. I am Will enjoy your conversation as as awakened beings.
0: <laughs> That's right. I'm looking forward to sharing what Myrna has to offer. It's a little different slant than we all, uh, normally follow on the on the show, and I think it's going to be really amazing to hear her story and what was behind the book that she put out, the best selling book out of the snares, which is a story of hope and encouragement. Some of you may be tuning into my interviews on other shows, and Myrna also has a show called Transform Your Mind, and I was on that show. So I'll put a link in the show Mm -hmm. notes so you can go check out our discussion over there. So I'm really interested to hear your story, Myrna, of Out of the Snares, and what, uh, what prompted you to write this story, and what are you sharing about your life that's so inspirational?
1: Yes, great question. Well, Out of the Snares, a story of hope and encouragement, is actually almost like a memoir for me. It is a book, and um, I got the title while I was in church. You know, with a song, the snares means something that's holding you, and you're and you're you're escaping the snares. You know, I was born in a very poor country in Guyana. You know, my mom and my dad, I um, was not married. Um, we had some generational issues where, you know, the women were not getting married. You know, my mom and my grandmother were both domestic servants and it was in that poverty type of, um, environment. Now, when I, um, what helped us ex- escape the poverty is an aunt of mine, you know, moved from Guyana to Toronto, Canada but when they were looking for domestic servants, again, she was another domestic servant. They were looking for domestic servants. So she went over to Canada and this was way back in the seventies when it was easy to migrate. So then she um, sponsored my mom who went over to Canada again as a domestic servant. And, um, and then later on, uh, um, my mom sponsored her her three children, which I was the eldest. And um, so I went into Canada and you know, I wasn't awakened or or in this self-improvement space or anything like that, but I believe that I was born with a purpose. So in Canada, I got I had a lot of things opened up for me. You know, when I got there, I was cleaning, I was just too with my mom. And then I said, you know what, that is not my path <laughs> because I was, you know, I already had a pretty good education. In Guyana, we have something like GCO levels, which is from England. And, and I had um, the top number, which was six um, GCO levels. So I was I was educated. And I said to myself, you know, I'm not going to be a uh, you know, domestic servant. So I went out looking for work. I ended up working a fa- in a factory. And I met this girl in the factory. And she said, let's go look for work. We went out. I got hired at the bank. With no experience, with nothing, and she did not get hired. So there's there's instances like this that you know was always directing me on my path. And then um, I met this older man who became my husband later on. That told me of a program that the government was giving um, where they'd send you to school. So I went back to school. The government paid for it. Then I went into a really good career as a salesperson, and then. When I was a salesperson, one day Tony Robbins came into town. This is back in the 90s now. And um he came into town and he was starting off, you know, um his life coaching business. Um he was giving away free tickets. So we got invited as a sales community or a sales office to go to a seminar. And um, of course, the seminar was on the um the, the power within, right? <laughs> and that was my first introduction to. Self improvement uh, that we have, um, you know, the power within us to do whatever we want to do. Two months later, I started my own limousine service and became a very successful entrepreneur in Canada. You know, getting um, uh, the entrepreneur of the year in 1998, and then you know, again, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm sending, I'm taking you through my growth path. So, and then you know, as a limousine operator, I would go to Vegas every year. And I would see these Americans coming and buying fourteen limousines at once, and I'm thinking, "Wow, this is where, this is definitely the promised land that God is talking about." <laughs> so, you know, I started my journey into um, bringing my business to Miami because that's where I thought that all the limousine operators were. And then I get to Miami, and um, God, um, you know, put a break on it. I came through my journey. And now God showed me what he wanted me to do. And one day I was reading the newspaper, which I rarely ever do or I never do, The matter of fact. But this paper came in front of me and I picked it up and started flipping through it. I wasn't even reading it. I was just flipping through it. And a picture caught my, my eyes and the picture said, life coach. And there was a girl that was from my church in that picture. And I've never heard that word before, but it was powerful. Life coach. And I'm thinking that everything that I've gone through and the direction that the God is taking me in, maybe I could be a life coach, right? So anyway, so that's basically where this all started. I was reading a book at the time. The guy said, if there's somebody that you like and you admire, take them to lunch, pick their brain. I took her to lunch, picked her brain and I asked her what this life coaching is all about. You know, what do you do? How you find clients? She told me I went and got licensed from, or certified, I should say, with the University of Miami, ended up doing an interview on a show, just like I'm doing an interview on in your show, and the company offered me my own show, <laughs> and, and that's basically was my path. I started the podcast um, or the radio show, and I converted it into a podcast, and now we're on YouTube, and now I, um, I also have a TV show just by accident. Again, all part of my growth. You know, one day somebody sent me something and says, preach the word worldwide television is looking for life coaches. (laughs) And I says, well, I'm a life coach. You know, I think they said life coach and host. I said, I'm a life coach. I'm a host. I applied and got a grant. So now my show is on the preach the word network, you know, worldwide television. And again, that's God taking me on a journey. The journey is not finished. But it was a path, a path of incremental, of incremental growth, incremental inspiration. I know um, we're going to touch here on the soul. But yeah, your soul came here for a purpose. And, you know, it is going to take you to your purpose by putting people in front of you that is um, supposed to take you to the next level. So that's the yes. story.
0: <laughs> powerful, powerful story, and I love that you um you met uh, Tony Robbins. He's also yes. uh, part of my story in a way, in that he teaches firewalking, or he he does a lot of firewalking with his groups, right? And mm-hmm. and I've studied with um one of his mentors, so I've been able to like study and learn firewalking, and I lead my own groups on firewalking as well. And it's just, uh, you know, it's a nice introduction for me. I do it a little different, but it's a nice introduction to getting outside your mind and getting outside what you think is going to happen and mm-hmm. your fears and mm-hmm. opening up that maybe something will happen that you didn't expect that might be even better than what you thought. And I know that you must lead people through this um, this pathway of seeing what's going on inside their minds and then really shifting that and deciding what story they want to tell and how they want to handle all the stuff that's being stirred up in their minds. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, one of the messages that I want or the intention of the Transform Your Mind to Transform Your Life podcast or radio show Is because I know where I came from. And I know that not only in the third world countries, but even right here in the United States, a lot of African-American community live in lack, live in poverty. And they believe that um, that is where they're supposed to be because their mother them did it and their grandmother them did it, just like me. You know, everybody is coming through those lenses and they believe that this is basically where they're supposed to end up. Now expanding the mind is by saying that you have the power to decide. You, you know, one of the first books that I read was The Power of Intention with Dr. Dwayne Dwyer. And it's powerful. And I've actually circled back to intention now because I just finished reading the book, um, The Seat of the Soul. And one of the big chapters in there is on intention and how intention is so powerful. And intention is you're creating physically as well as you're creating mentally because your thoughts or your intention, you know, empower you. So one of the first things I recognized when I was in that space, and and it's really interesting that you talked about awakening, But my very first book was called Becoming Conscious, My Awakening, because I became awakened, you know, listening to Deepak Chopra and Dr. Dwayne Dwyer and, you know, all those luminaries that talked about, you know, the soul and um, intention and sacred destiny and and all these different things. And um, so I recognize that the mind is where everything is. You know, I was, uh, Tony Robbins is going to be you know, I'm in Florida. He's back now. And um, he's got a show in, I think, October or so in West Palm Beach. And he's been doing some heavily, heavy promoting on it. And I was looking at that firewalking thing because I've never, other than that first time that I went to his conference, I've never been, well, actually, I did see him again, but I never went to where he was offering the firewalking. And I was looking at people walking in that fire and I was thinking to myself, do they really get burnt? Or is their mind stopping them from being burnt? I don't even know how that works. (laughs) But I know that fear is false evidence appearing real. So if you fear failure, if you fear, if you fear, um, uh, you know, taking risks or taking chances or things like that, then um, you're not going to go anywhere because you're, you're stunted by fear. So you have to open the mind. You have to actually face the fear. And it's really interesting, you know. One of my shows that I that I like, and you know, it's an old show. It's on Netflix, but and it's um, it's it's Jane the Virgin. And just last night they were talking, and the husband was fired from his job, and he was trying to become a lawyer, and he's failing all the you know all the tests to be a lawyer, and he's operating in fear. And Jane said, "Well, let's let's look at it, you know, let's assume the worst." Right. So what happens if you don't become a lawyer? What happens if you never get a job? We'll be homeless. You know what I mean? It's says, Well, we'll never really be homeless because we've got family to go to and we could move back into our mother's house or whatever. And that is basically what you have to do. You have to figure out the worst case scenario and face it. And that's how you expand the mind.
0: You know, I love that you just said that because very recently I've been getting more. Mm, brave, courageous myself, in putting out messages that Mother Earth is calling me to put out. And Mm -hmm. those aren't messages that people want to talk about. Like, we're in an extinction event, potentially, if we don't change radically how we operate on this planet. We need to take care of the animals, the plants, the environment, And because we haven't been doing that, we're starting to see a lot of shifts and changes in our ecosystem that's causing species to go extinct in rapid form. Just reading this book called The Sixth Extinction, actually, from a scientific perspective, and it's talking about these golden toads in Costa Rica that just all of a sudden started dying out of nowhere, just like, bam, whole populations Mm -hmm. of amphibians dying. And it's not just happening there, it's happening all over the world. So we have to start waking up and paying attention to this. And I actually had a light worker leave my list because she said, oh, doomsday scenarios, I'm out of here. So you're not able to go to the depths of the shadow to face the worst possible potential and to let it armor you, to let it motivate you, to let it inspire you every single moment of your day that when you take actions, you know death is at your door. I mean, I... I really feel like death is a powerful ally. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not saying we're going to have that happen. I'm saying that it's a potential. And if I embrace that potential, it's going to change how I
1: show up every single day. Yeah. So are you saying that, you know, when you face that fear of death, then you show up differently? Is that what you're saying?
0: Well, you know, just notice how (laughs) people's lives change when they face some traumatic event that they thought they were going to die.
1: Mm, it's true true true
0: and people that that outlive suicide attempts their whole world opens up at some point like usually right after the last attempt and they realize that they're not going to get off this planet (laughs) because god's like
1: nope nope nice try nope yep
0: you know it's like you finally have the buck stops here it's like you have to go all right i'm here i can't get out what am I going to do? You know, it's inevitable. So how am I going, how am I going to show up with that? And how am I going to let that be my inspiration to guide me forward to the next step?
1: Yeah, that's true. So one of the other things that I do is like you, that you just said that it's never going to kill you. Right. So if you're sitting here being afraid that you're going to become homeless or you're not going to have a job or you can't quit one job until you have another one and you're going to be going to work every day hating it because you are afraid to take the next step, then you just say to yourself, you know, it is not going to kill you. There is There's even a, a saying from my country that says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, <laughs> right? So. Um yeah, you just you 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 just have to face the fear and recognize that you know one of the great things that Tony talks about is that people don't change until the fear or the pain of staying is more than you know the joy of going or something like that. Like people are more, I think he says the people are, are more motivated by fear or pain than they are of pleasure. So yeah, I mean. If you stick where you are right now and you feel that pain, right, find something in your mind, open up your mind to the pleasure of, of, of going, like, you know, like when Jane or her husband was doing that exercise about um, let's imagine the worst kiss scenario on the flip side of that, that should be, what is the best kiss scenario. What is the joy and the pleasure if you face this fear and continue going? And I bet you on the other end of that would be, you know, he would become a lawyer. They would have a big old house. They have a whole bunch of kids. They're going to travel on vacations and they're going to do all the great things because he went through that fear part and got to the good stuff.
0: Yeah. And the good stuff's on the other side of the fear. You know, yes. I also think we're facing this with this whole pandemic that we're in right now because you know it's a lot of people's health conditions don't support them in moving through an event like this. Their bodies just are not equipped to have the health and vitality necessary to to naturally battle off something like covid any kind of significant attack on the on the immune system. And so why is, are their immune systems weakened for like so many factors of things that didn't get dealt with and addressed? Because it's like, I don't want to look at that. I don't want to look at how Diet, diet Coke and Coca-Cola is not good for me. <laughs> I don't want to look at how eating McDonald's every day is not good for me. I don't want to look yes. at how chocolate yeah. cake is not good for me. It's like, yes. I don't want to look at that. I want to just yeah. keep having my indulgences and, and right. just like cope and then find some quick solution to keep going. Our whole medical system is based on that model.
1: But, well, you know, the great thing about expanding the mind. And, um, one of the first things that I learned from Deepak Tropa was meditation. And I've expanded that because now, um, when I started listening to Deepak on meditation, when it was like, you know, 20 years, maybe 15 years ago or so. But now meditation is now, you would call it like a buzzword. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's teaching it. Everybody's talking about it. But, you know, meditation. And going inside your body is just so powerful because I will tell you, I can heal myself. I can strengthen my immune system. <laughs> I do meditations to strengthen my immune systems to to um open my chakra systems. You know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, I've been in contact with about two or three people that got COVID and I never got it because yeah, part of, of um, expanding your mind is that your body is in homo and it knows how to heal itself, right? And I actually understood that way, way back when I read Christopher Reeves' biography. And, you know, he was Superman and uh, he got hurt and he was a paraplegic and all he could do is blow into a straw. And by the time he died, he had returned, you know, movement, to his body, I think he was even on his way to walking again. And you know how he did that? He did that by sitting outside his house on his porch every single day and visualizing his insides. And he was able to repair it. So I know it can be done, I know it can be done. And when and when you meditate and when you put your mind on a wherever the pain is or whatever, you you can heal yourself. There's there's, you know, and I'm no great healer or whatever. I'm not saying I can text somebody and heal them. I probably can. <laughs> but I'm concentrating, I'm concentrating on me and the mind and basically what you can do. So yeah, a lot of people don't want to do the work. And that's another book that I read that was that was really, really good by Byron Katie. Hmm. Um she's got this book called The Work, and it's really about depression. She cured herself of depression. I mean, dehydration, I can't even say that word, horrible depression um, where she was confined into a halfway house because she couldn't do anything other than lie on the floor, right? Because guess what? Her mind was telling her all these things and was throwing things at her, right? And and one day, just like that, she decided, you know, she's not going to listen to her mind. Right, she's not allowed to listen to this negative talk or whatever thing is doing her. And then she 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 changed, and and then she wrote this book that's called The Work. And the work is that every time you have a thought, you question it: Is it true? Is it true? Right? How do I know it's true? And things like that. You know what I mean? So the people that want to drink Coca Cola and drink the sugar, even though they're obese right? And the doctor is saying, hey, you got to lose weight, else you're going to die, right? And they just can't bring themselves to stop is because they're not willing to do the work. It takes work and it's painful, like Tony says, right? People don't want to be in pain.
0: It's ironic because there's way more pain in walking that path of ignoring everything your body is telling you and everything Mother Earth is telling you and everything God is telling you and just keep going. Down that yeah. that narrower and narrower and narrower path where there's just like more thorns, more brambles, more stumbling blocks, and then more two by fours, you know. But that's it's kind of the, you over the head. It's I like, like that one. Like knocking <laughs> you over the head, like, dude, wake yeah, up right, and all right, your ancestors right. are like yelling at you by now and like tapping yeah. you and poking you and prodding you and provoking you and just doing anything to get you to listen. So that you'll pay attention and start taking and do the things that are, that are better for you, which take initial effort. They do, you do have to climb out of the ditch that you dug and you can do it, right? I mean, you and I are living proof of that. Um, Dr. Joe Dispenza is another one who uh, rebuilt his whole body with his mind, right? (laughs) So you can do it. it. It's totally possible. So many people are here, like beautiful lightworkers, souls who went through really tough times. Byron Katie, like all the people you've been mentioning, Tony Robbins. All these people, and all these people I interview on this show, are here to just demonstrate the power of transformation. And that when you finally have enough of yourself, you can change. You know, that's why I love Dr. Joe Dispenza. He was one of my first uh, two by fours in my, you know, of like the, you know, the power to not be yourself anymore. I was like, oh shoot, I need to stop being who I'm being. Okay, I get it. Yeah, I need it, to be it, the it, yeah. the higher version of me, not my personality, mm-hmm. not my my mind that uh, mm-hmm. my naysayer mind, my programmed brain that I have yeah. these naysaying thoughts. No, like be be the be the me that's inside buried underneath all that mud. You know, and I'm looking mm-hmm. at people, I don't know if you notice this as well, Myrna, but when I see people that are in a lot of pain at the on that road of the tightening road, that's like getting brambly and thorny, and it's tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher, and, tougher and they still won't take the action. It's like, There's this dullness to their eyes. It's like they're filled up with mud on the inside and they're just like, they're just so stuck. They can't even be grateful for anything.
1: Yeah, that's true. I just had a doctor on my show a couple of weeks ago and um, he was talking about looking into getting up every morning and looking into your eyes for 10 minutes because that's the windows to your soul, (laughs) right? And um, I told him that, you know, someone had told me to go, I think it was um, the girl that that, um, wrote the five-minute rule. Um, I don't remember her name right now. But um, she was saying to get up in the morning and look yourself in the eye in the mirror and do your affirmations, you know, that I am I am going to do this. I am beautifully whatever. So I would do it for like a minute or not even a minute, a couple of seconds. And he's saying, do it for 10 minutes. Look into the eyes of your soul and um, you will see. That you're, you know, you're opening up and whatever. So yeah, I mean, if you can't see into the eyes of your soul, if it's all covered over with with mud, you'll be able to understand that there's no light in you, you know. Um, and well, it's soul, all in there, covered right, up. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. The city of the soul makes a big difference. A big um, talk about light as the capital L, you know what I mean? And you've been talking about that a lot in our conversation so far. But yeah, light is a capital L and love is a capital L. And, um, but as a coach, you know, I know that it all starts with you loving yourself. If you're not going to be able to, if you're not willing to make the change for you, then you can't, you can't change for anyone else. You've got to want to live. You've got to want to live healthy. You know what I mean? One of my greatest intentions is that I live to be a nice old age and that I don't live in a a hospital or in a bed. You know what I mean? I've seen a lot of my family members um, get a stroke and then they live in a bed for 10 years where somebody is feeding them with a tube and they're changing their diaper and doing all that. I would need someone to kill me. That is not how I want to live. Right.
0: (laughs) I just went to, uh, we just got back from Peru earlier this year and uh, we went on a pilgrimage to the whole, their holy mountain, which is called Alcingate. It's this beautiful mountain up in the sacred Valley. And mm-hmm. they have keepers of the mountain. So in their culture, there's keepers of the mountain. There's like, you know, visionaries and um, shamans, you could say, I guess they don't use that word, but something like that. And they and they are there to listen to the messages of the mountain and share it with everybody else because they're listening. They're actually clear and listening. And so they share the message of the mountain. Mm-hmm. This, uh, we were walking up there and of course it's like fourteen, fifteen thousand 15,000 feet high. So we're really wow. struggling because our lungs, Western... 2000 feet, um, (laughs) Texas lungs are having trouble (laughs) walking at that altitude and, but we're almost there. And off to the side is on sitting on the ground on with this beautiful tapestry and lots of things for sale that she handmade is this elderly woman who's sitting there and our guide says, Oh, she's, she's the Altima Sayuk of this mountain. She's 120 years old.
1: You are kidding me! And she climbed the mountain.
0: She she's up. She oh walks all around those God. hills all day long. She lives up there. So he he oh. offered her prayers in the in the custom customary way as a mapacho, which is like it looks like a cigarette, but it's sacred tobacco. It's not all chemicalized like the things here. And he blows prayers into the tobacco, and then he lights it and offers it, and then he gives it to her. And she says in Quechua, which is their language, "I love mapacho," and she starts blowing prayers. All over the place. 120 years. So all these people I see in the that's West, I'm bad. like, yeah. You think that the tobacco is killing you? You think mm-hmm. that the diet is killing you? No, it's your lack of love that's yes. killing you. It's your yes. it, you didn't you lost yes. your spark. It's
1: true. It's
0: true. And if you have your spark like it's this true. lady, you can live to 120, yes. smoke all the mapaches you want.
1: <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> that, that, is, that is profound. It's very true. Right. Yeah. Which is why the seed of the soul makes such a big big deal about love and light because they go together and yes, the light of your soul. And, um, you know, Jesus started talking about love is the most important commandment, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, love God, you know, love yourself, love, you love your enemies. I mean, nobody can understand what nonsense he was talking. You love your enemies. but It's true. When you love your enemies, you know, it does something to you. It does something to your body and your, your spirit and your soul and all these different things. So yeah, it first starts with self-love and a lot of people don't have self-love or they don't even think about themselves because they're, they're not conscious beings. You know, they're just, they're just reacting to whatever is going on in the world and whatever is the next thing that comes to them. And, you know, they're not, um, you know, they're just reacting. They're not, you know, they're not putting any consciousness into their lives. And, Um, So we're talking about consciousness, we're talking about mindsets, we're talking about belief systems, you know, we're talking about a whole bunch of things all wrapped up in one.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I want to say, like, for anybody listening who's starting to feel a little bit like, yikes, I I feel like I'm doing all those things. I was right there with you. (laughs) So, so was I, I was doing all those things, you know, I was hurting myself and I didn't even know the ways that I was hurting myself. I, you know, I was, I, I kept trying to get better and going to these weekly psychotherapy and all this trying, trying, trying. And really like the ultimate thing I believe is that commitment that says, yes, I am staying on this planet. And yes, I am in the process of loving myself. And yes, I'm willing to receive help. And when I started saying those things, Myrna, like my life started changing. Like you said, when I looked in the mirror at myself and I looked in my eyes and I, Mm -hmm. and I, I looked at the woman that was looking back at me and I felt compassion Mm -hmm. in my heart and Mm -hmm. I cried, Mm -hmm. like that was so healing. And so I made myself Mm -hmm. do that every day. I was like, I'm going to look at myself in the mirror and I'm going to connect with (laughs) myself for 10 minutes, however long I can do it and just go see this woman I am right now. And if that cracks my heart open and I cry, I feel like that's healing.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm bad though. I did it for two days and stopped. Didn't even remember it again. <laughs> it happens. I have my students are listening. like. um... I yeah. do meditate every day though, but I totally forgot to look myself in the eye. Thing. <laughs> that's
0: the that's that's one of my first things I give people is look stand in the mirror, look really? at yourself, hand over wow. heart, hand over belly, and just like mm-hmm. breathe and just whatever comes up is what you need to face. I mean, you got to face yourself, right? Like that's what right. you're facing. And she's not the enemy, <laughs> you know, she's like, right. she's just good. trying to do the best she can with the tool she has right now. And yeah. so I can love anybody who's trying to do that. And so if that's me, right. I can love me who's trying to do that too. Right,
1: right, 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 right. That's good. That's good. So you, when you look into the eyes, you're, you're not looking at your soul. You're just looking at the physical person that's in front of you that you want to love that person.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's where it starts. Yeah. It looks, you know, looking at the person you are and like checking in with yourself. And, you know, it's amazing how people, have you ever noticed how people won't look each other in the eyes very long?
1: Right. Right. Like that. Yes. It's very difficult. (laughs) Even I have problems sometimes.
0: (laughs) It's hard, right? It's vulnerable. It's intimate. It is,
1: right. Yes. yes, Because they can see
0: you. They can see your soul right Right. through your eyes, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. especially the better they get at looking for it. So I mean, so I love everything you're sharing. It's like you've done so much of your own growth. It's really evident, like from the books that you've read and the references you brought up and all of that. And and I really do believe that you know um, it does start in the mind. How do you like? How do you coach people who have those negative thoughts? Because like those are real. Like they happen. And I feel like a lot of people advise like, oh, we'll just kind of mantra over that or just like push that aside and. I, I don't know for me i feel like i got to i have to like you said like worst case possible scenario i've got to listen to it and really mm-hmm. embrace that thought before it'll go away what's your experience with that
1: well it's 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 very difficult to change someone's mindset because a lot of times people don't really change until they get a wake-up call and a wake-up call is you know they're sick or something you know they're they're usually at the bottom before they would make the move but You know, I have developed a positive mindset and I was going back to reference how I became a positive person, but I'm a positive person. And when you talk to, when I try to coach someone that always sees the negative because that's who they are, that's their belief system, the only thing you can do is chip away at it. And um, one of the ways that I do it personally for myself is to do a gratitude meditation whenever I'm trying to, you know, and I don't go there very often because I'm, I'm, I'm naturally a naturally very positive person, but if something has got me down for a minute or so or something happens or whatever, and I get into that space, then I, I do a gratitude meditation. And there's so many things you can be grateful for. Lewis Hayes has got a powerful gratitude meditation. I mean, she talks about, you know, being thankful that you have a bedroom with a door, being thankful that you've got a light in your house and, and you've got, she called it the modern miracle of a toilet that flushes. <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, I can go even deeper it. You can actually get up out of bed when you wake up and walk to the bathroom and somebody doesn't have to clean your butt. And yet people become, you know, negative because maybe their boss is, doesn't like them or, you know, a man left them or something like that. And it changes their whole concept. So one of the ways to to combat that, and it takes time, it takes work, just like Byron Katie said, it doesn't happen overnight, is that you look for your victories in life. You know, I record my book of wars, Anytime that I have any kind of victories, I record it because we forget, right? And when you can go back to your book of wars or your book of victories and see where you have won something or overcome something, then it's easier not to go to the doom and gloom. You know, I'm a Christian, so it helps me. That when I when I believe that everything works out for my good, because the Bible says that, and you look at it and you say, well, you know what? There's a blessing in here somewhere. You know, um, in my country, they used, the, the old people had the saying that there's a silver lining in every cloud. You know what I mean? So you look at these negative incidents that's happened to you and you look for the positive in it, right? And um, you find something to be grateful for. But yeah, it's it, you know, it takes um it takes some some time, which which is why mindset and transformation, which is the name of my show, is so powerful because your mindset is from your belief system and your belief system was was hammered into you. As a child, by the time you're seven years old, you know, and if you're dealing with someone in their 40s or in their 30s or whatever, it's been there for a while and it's not going to go. You talked about Dr. Joe Dispenza. That's what he's talking about. Rewriting those programs, you know, because, you know, the programs that are written are there until you rewrite them. And, you know, it, it takes some work to rewrite them. Yep.
0: It sure does. It takes a lot of self-awareness and, mm-hmm. and it is uncomfortable, right? But then you can make yes. successes, like you said, and then you can keep track cards of those successes. And that also yes. feels great. You know, it's like, wow, yes. look what I accomplished. And, <clears throat> you know, and there's that uncomfortable place where you're, you're conscious of your unconscious stuff. And it's like, <laughs> you haven't yet figured out how to shift it. And it, that part is uncomfortable. And as you keep practicing and you stay dedicated to it, in my experience, like you shift, like things change, they get better. And now you're in a new level and it's like, oh, this is like my new normal. It's like learning how to drive a car, right? We first start driving mm-hmm. a car, you have to keep reminding yourself about all the little pieces right. of driving a car. And it's very complicated and it's frustrating and you feel like, a, you know, really incompetent with it. And then as you do it and you practice it, it gets to be like old hat. Like you don't even think about it anymore. You drove <laughs> all the way home. You, you didn't even, I mean, weren't even there, you
1: got there. It right. <laughs> was like,
0: so it's like the same thing. Right. Yeah. So it's right. like right. autopilot positivity, yeah. right? Like it, right. there's still some things that snag me as well. Like I'll still get snagged up because I'm always, a, I'm always up leveling myself to the next place. And every time I up level, then it seems like the, the deeper levels inside of me get triggered up, like whatever was deeper or more challenging is like the new level of that challenge. And so I'm always pushing myself to those edges because I like to transform and ascend, right? So that's the whole gig, you know, I feel for me on the soul as, as a planet. So I like finding those things. But when you find a snag now, I'm not like, I don't let it drag me all the way back to the bottom of the hill. I just go okay there's snag.
1: Yeah. yeah. There's
0: there's a little and something snag me.
1: And you are going to get those snags because life is full of challenges. You know, life is full of enemies, of people that don't like you and want to bring you down. And uh, you've got to, you know, sometimes it's not just you, sometimes it's the world, you know? And um
0: yeah. Yeah, you got to you got to find your pathway to get out of the snares, right? So back to yeah. your book, out of the snares. <laughs> I like that. Good, Good segue. use of the topic, right? Yes. Good use <laughs> of the topic. <laughs> so we've been talking about. Get yourself out of those snares yes, and yes, uh, yes. get yourself on a path that you actually want to be on. And uh, so I know that people can tune into your Transform Your Mind podcast and see that it airs every Wednesday. And then also you have a Sunday show as well on Preach the Word, Worldwide Television Network. So they can find all of that at your website, blog.myhelps.us. Anything else you want to share on the way out before we close the show?
1: Um, no, just that um, if, I, if I were going to leave the last word for the listeners is that you are in control. You can actually design your life. And um, uh, the power of intention is very, very important because anything that you intend usually happens. And a lot of times people create negatively because they... Um, They don't know that they're creating negatively by thinking about stuff they don't want. And when they think about stuff they don't want, that's exactly what shows up. So be careful of your thoughts. Know that um, we're always creating and that you can actually live and design the life that you want. Just have the intention to do it.
0: Beautiful. I love that moment of encouragement there. And I just encourage everybody, please check out Myrna, check out her podcast. I'll put the link in the show notes below to my interview on uh, Myrna's podcast as well. And... Take a minute to give us a like, a subscribe, a rating for this podcast so that it gets out to more people. Please share it with anybody that you think would benefit and don't have any expectations about them benefiting from it. That's another thing I want to put there. (laughs) Just give it open-handed and if they take it, they take it, right? They
1: take it. And I also want to thank you, Carrie, for inviting me on the show. Um, You do good work as far as being um, the light and a person that understands the souls of and, you know, um, and advocate for Mother Earth, Gaia, things like that. I try to do that. You know, I try to commune with the trees. <laughs> and, you know, I am I'm respectful of of Mother Earth and and um what she does for life on this planet. So thank you again for having me on the show and for the work that you do.
0: Thank you very much, Myrna. And for everybody else, we're about to give them kisses. You want to join me, Myrna, and giving them kisses? Sure. Here come your sure. kisses, everybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like that (laughs) We'll see you all next week on Soul Nectar Show Bye for now Bye If you found even one gold nugget In this episode of Soul Nectar Show Will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment And let us know what you thought about it We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Soul show.
1: Away Soul Nectar. Nectar show. Take us Soul up from the of Nectar I'm a source you